Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast, a program all about transforming minds and developing leaders. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the emerging leader in you. Now, here is your leadership mentor and coach, and the host of the Strategic Leader Podcast, Brian Holmes. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. My name is Brian Holmes, and this is episode number 155 of the Strategic Leader Podcast. Hey, we're gathering emerging leaders from all over the globe, and we are focusing on personal and leadership development. Hey, today I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Joey Fawcett, and we're going to be talking about how to live positive in a negative world. Powerful conversation that you don't want to miss. We are living in a very toxic, very negative world. I have been concerned for some time now because no matter what part of the world you live in, we are seeing the same trends. There is there are conflicts, there are political wranglings, there is the constant barrage of negative news and negative inputs. There's so much agitation, frustration, anger. It just seems like everything is on edge. And this concerns me deeply. As leaders, especially leaders who affect positive change, how do we lead people towards positive and meaningful outcomes, meaningful living, meaningful contributions when we have so much that's just constantly coming at us? We have almost a total immersion in negative inputs. How can we choose what to allow in our minds and our hearts? How do we how do we deal with workplace challenges? How do we deal with relationship issues? How do we deal with financial challenges? How do we adjust? Well, on today's program, my guest, who I am so excited to introduce you to, is going to talk to us about this very subject. We're going to talk about how to be intentional about what it is you take in. He's going to share with you something that is just so profound on the five core practices for living and for working positive in this negative world we live in. I tell you, in this interview, there are so many bombs that are dropped, and I mean just not nuggets of truth and not just nuggets of of good teaching or good thoughts, but these are significant things that will move the needle in your life if you will grab a hold of them. Dr. Joey Fawcett is the founder of Listen to Life, a company that coaches leaders how to redefine their reality, how to fulfill their dreams, how to achieve more, which, of course, as you know, is what we're so much about here at brianholmes.com. Dr. Joey is the author of two number one Amazon best-selling books, and they're like sister books. They're faith positive in a negative world and work positive in a negative world. And these books have literally transformed companies, entrepreneurs, leaders, and individuals in so many very powerful ways we'll talk more about in the interview. Dr. Joey has numerous coaching programs where he helps both individuals and companies achieve a faith-positive and work-positive lifestyle. He deals with productivity. He is uh, the co-host of a fantastic weekly podcast called Faith Positive Radio, and that, along with his blog, is uh, consumed and, and heard and read in over 50 countries. Dr. Joey has an immense vast experience in radio, and he has appeared as a guest on hundreds of radio and TV shows across North America in almost every major market. He has been published as a contributor 
in in publications and and networks such as CNBC, the Wall Street Journal, Money Watch, the Dallas Morning News, the Sacramento Bee, Entrepreneur.com, and so many others. I'm I'm not bringing you a guest today that has theories. This guy is such a powerful, such a a world changer, such a powerful leader. This may be one of the most incredible interviews I've ever had the privilege of being a part of. I cannot wait to share with you what we talked about during our conversation. Without further ado, it is my great, great privilege to introduce you to my friend and my colleague, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Well, Dr. Joey, it is awesome to finally get you on the Strategic Leader Podcast. We've been wanting to do this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we have. We have. I'm delighted to be here. And by the way, that was some introduction. I, I only gave you $20. Uh, I mean, I got a lot for my money right there. <laughs> I know you did, didn't you, right? Yeah, I think I had to pay you a little more. <laughs> Every time I get introduced somewhere with a bio that someone else probably wrote for me, I'm like, who is this guy? I need to know That's this right. guy. And uh, it's pretty awesome stuff. Well, I tell you what, I I like to begin these interviews with uh, giving you an opportunity, first of all, just to kind of give you, I've I've done the whole bio thing, but give us uh, just a backdrop. Who is Joey Fawcett? Where do you come from? What's your background? What's led you uh, to where you are today? And, And that sort of thing. Give us a little bit about you. Wow. How long is this podcast? We got four days, 22 (laughs) hours. Yeah. In 36 minutes. Yeah, 36 minutes and 14 seconds. That's right. I got you, man. Um, Well, if you go to our website, getpositive.today, you'll find there a video, uh, Who is Dr. Joey? And that tells you some of of who I am. Um, And and it's pretty cool. I'll I'll give you a redux on that. Uh, Firstborn son, grew up in eastern North Carolina near the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And I have a deep appreciation for the right kind of barbecue not that stuff you guys hey, call barbecue out in texas hey you know, hey I'm, I, I'm talking <laughs> pork first of all and then red pepper and vinegar all right all that's right the now. sauce man <laughs> i took my honey uh, uh some years ago to hawaii and you'll appreciate this so we go to this luau right and everybody's standing around oohing and on over something and i went over to see what they were looking at and it was a pig in the ground cooking and i said hmm, i grew up up with that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I had to go to Hawaii to see that yeah so um when I was nine years old I began my business career and uh decided to that I would like any other enterprising young man or little boy uh, I would mow grass it seemed to be you know pretty easy until I discovered that I have allergies to mown grass and, and so my my first few yards put me in a in a condition, well, it, I wound up in Duke Hospital, uh, almost Gosh. died. The doctor looked at my mom and said, we're not sure he's going to make it through the night because a viral infection set up in my lungs and I you know, had severe asthma. So I remember my mom reaching up under the mist tent. I mean, this was like something out of a movie. You know, the kid's under the mist tent. They're not sure he's going to make it. And mom reaches up under the tent and squeezes my hand and looks me in the eyes. And I still remember this like it was yesterday, Brian, just with chill bumps. Uh, Son, I'm positive you're going to make it. God is with you. And that was just a real defining moment for me. So I knew then everything was going to be okay because mama said so. (laughs) Yeah. And mama said it. (laughs) So it's got to be. That's it. Mama said it is truth. You know, and that word positive stuck with me. And then the fact that God cared enough about, I mean, of all the world problems, he cared enough to be right there with me. So I did recover, obviously, and um, not one to be held down long by challenges. I then took off and um, began another career, which, remember, this is eastern North Carolina, so in August, it's about 100 degrees with 100% humidity. And uh, I began an entrepreneurial career at that point as a sales representative for the Sales Leadership Club. And back then, Brian, inscribed Christmas cards was a big deal. Everybody still oh, yeah. wrote 
handwritten. You know, now, you know, you get them from everywhere. Put your own pictures on them, right? But back then, getting your name typeset in a Christmas card is a big deal. So I went door to door selling Christmas cards in August, and I sold enough to get a three-speed bike, which back then was high-tech, a cassette recorder, which back then cassette was high-tech. And, man, I even got a telescope. Come on now. So, yeah, that's right, man. I, I can tell you what the man in the moon looks like. <laughs> Up close and personal, you know. It's not made of cheese either. Uh, so it, it was just an outstanding thing that began for me there uh, in terms of building self-confidence, discovering my skill set and who I am, and that I actually could use the word influence about 16 times in an intro there, that I actually could influence people to do something positive. So uh, I continued to, to, with that confident, positive attitude mindset, uh, continue to grow. And then at 17, the company my dad worked for was bought by an international interest who immediately sucked all the cash out of it and turned the company belly up. And so at 17, I saw my dad cry for the first time, which was formative for me as a male. No one, I mean, I knew I cried, but sure. I, didn't, I didn't know big boys cried. So seeing my dad cry, and him knowing that I wanted to go to college and we weren't sure how that was going to happen. We weren't sure how we were going to get a chicken on the table, much less me through college. So, but again, Brian, there was that positive, positive, you're going to make it. God's with you. So with all the bravado of a 17 year old testosterone stricken male, I went down to the local radio station, the AM FM combo there and asked Mr. Harper for a job. And Mr. Harper asked, did I have any experience? And I said, no, sir, but I've been narrating, um, musicals, youth musicals uh, for our church, and people seemed to enjoy what I had to say. And he said, well, come on, let's get in here and talk to Jimmy. Well, Jimmy France was from uh, the Midwest, St. Louis, Missouri, and he had a flat accent compared to me and my um, <laughs> Eastern North Carolina accent at that time. And uh, so I, two hours later, Jimmy France walked out, Mr. Harper walked back in. I had spent two hours in the production room with him, and I had a job working on a little 1,000-watt daytime AM station. In fact, the guy he sat in on my very first air shift is now the sales syndication, the affiliate director for Premier, which is owned by iHeartMedia. So he wow. negotiates all the contracts for John Boy and Billy and Rush and Sean and all those guys. So he went on and did great things in the industry, but he sat in on my first air shift. Six months after I started that job in the little AM station, they pr had promoted me over to the FM station, which was a 100,000-watt country music station. And I had the number one afternoon drive show in eastern North Carolina. Um, I did not know this about you, but I, I'm fascinated. Yeah. Please continue. This is awesome. I, I was country before country was cool. Come on. Uh, actually, uh, I think around that time, Urban Cowboy came out, so I, I got cool. <laughs> uh, the, the chicks were digging me and I couldn't figure it out. It had nothing to do with me. It was my voice. <laughs> you know? I like listening to me on the radio. But anyway, um, so then I, I went to college, uh, did the college thing, came out of there with a degree in communications, uh, also in English, uh, just in case. Then went and did some radio for a while on both sides of the mic, uh, behind the mic and out front, general sales manager and that kind of stuff. Led a bunch of other organizations, um, nonprofits for a while, for about 20 years. And uh, then back in 04, really went into business for myself. I had started a syndicated radio show back in 99. Well, it started local and then went syndicated. It was a 60-second vignette, really, uh, which was a positive story, you know, because I just got tired of people with tears in their beer all the time, you know? I mean, it was just, there were so many people who were missing so many wonderful opportunities to enjoy life. I said, yeah. okay, what, what, what's one thing I can do to help? And so we did it locally in the Danville, Virginia market. The radio show became a newspaper column because the newspaper came to me and wanted to do it. So I had a, back when traditional media was more popular and podcasting didn't even exist, uh, I had a syndicated radio show. We worked with ABC radio for a while. And then also the newspaper column was syndicated. And eventually those morphed into, we didn't even call it a blog back then. We used front page because <laughs> yeah. my website started in 2000. And we just put the story of the day on the front page. And that's what it was. So it was a blog back in 2000, but we didn't know to call it a blog. It was just a story. 
And uh, then we figured out how to put a recording of the radio show on there, too. And then the whole thing just got kind of magical until 08 when that, uh, well, you're from Texas, you know, Ross Perot. Oh, yeah. That giant, giant sucking sound, right? <laughs> that yeah, was now a look here. Recession. Now look here. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Absolutely. So the Great Recession affected all of our businesses. And that, that giant sucking sound it was all the meetings going away that were in my book. And, um, but it was a wonderful opportunity. My wife really helped me seize the opportunity one day when she looked at me and said, isn't it time for you to travel? And I said, <laughs> I, said Man, I, I'm not I know that love. line. I know that <laughs> no, line. No, I've heard yeah, that line. Yeah. I am tired of looking at you, boy. Get out there. And she knows I ride a cash cow back every time I go out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so at that time, I said, oh, Lord. You know, when things get sideways, that's when we call on God the fastest. Yep. No, no atheist in foxholes, right? So uh, I, I said, man, I, we, we need to figure out something to do here because I knew I wasn't the only one suffering and I, because I heard it day after day after day. I was working with a lot of business people, coaching and things like that, and just heard it all the time. So I said, you know, what can we do here to help? Because that's really my mission in life is to help people by maximi- helping them maximize their potential. There's just so much more in us than we ever realize. And so how can I help? tap that. Not that I do it for them, Brian, but I, I want to be like the midwife. I want to yeah. facilitate the realization of all this potential and why you're here and what's your unique contribution. So uh, after stumbling around with that for a while, the thought occurred to me, my grandfather always talked about the Great Depression. And I figured there had to be somebody that did something in the Great Depression that could be done in the Great Recession and we could you know, help people. So I that's when I discovered the five core practices of a, of a positive lifestyle. Mm. And it was, at, and I did this through studying, uh, people like, uh, Hewlett and Packard, Bill Hewlett, Dave Packard, uh, started their business in the great depression. Uh, Colonel Sanders, we know him as Colonel Sanders. Now his mama called him Harlan, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, he started his business 66 years old, bankrupt, and all he had was some chicken legs, herbs, and 11 herbs and spices, and a station wagon. So he took off teaching people how to fry his chicken, and uh, the rest is gastrointestinal history, <laughs> shall we say. Uh, Dale Carnegie in 36, I think it was, wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a, about a $30 million training company internationally now, today. So, what do these, what do these guys do? And so that became the genesis of the five core practices of, of what became in the book that you mentioned earlier, Entrepreneur Press, Entrepreneur Magazine um, published, uh, Work Positive in a Negative World. And I've never had anybody argue with me that the world's negative. Nobody's even questioned that. Uh, they want to know how to work positive and, and live positive and, and work faith positive, even if you're a Christian. So uh, that really propelled my current usefulness. Can I say this season uh, in which I find myself, uh, the season of influence for me is wrapped around those five core practices and, and helping people really discover them. So when Work Positive came out, that's the one that hit number one on Amazon like nine different times. It, it's so wow. crazy because I don't live in Dallas like you or, or New York or any place huge where, you know, you just go out on a street corner and you can become a number one best-selling author. I, I live in a relatively rural section of South Central Virginia. So we, we were just blown away. It was a message that was timely. People, people liked it. And so I ran across the country uh, speaking to groups of business people from insurance agents to newspaper publishers about how to work positive, how to, here, here's what you do. Here are the things that you do to succeed. Because we kind of got fat and lazy um, back when um, things were easy. I mean, you just hang a shingle and you can make money, right? Yeah. But, but then the, the whole recession caused everybody to scale down and to focus and clarify and those who didn't. They, they lost out. So what are the five core practices of a work positive lifestyle that I can put into play in my own life? And so people began really resonating with that. And that's when the publications that you mentioned picked up on stuff. And I don't even, I, I mean, I guess we could hire somebody to track where all our stuff goes. Probably should. But um, just really blessed with helping a lot of people in a lot of different ways. The interesting thing was when I was running around the country talking about how to work positive in a negative world. Uh, 
people kept coming up to me at break time and at lunch, and you probably had this happen to you, at least I'm sure you have, Brian, and, and they would whisper, Dr. Joey, you're a Christian, aren't you? <laughs> and of course, I'm immediately blown away. This don't tell anybody, this. please. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I did not understand. My first reaction was humility that anybody would think I'm a Christian just based on a, a corporate presentation I've just done. That that just sets my hair. If I had hair, it would set it on fire. Yeah, I was fixing to say you. That's that's probably not a good metaphor. Yeah, we burned. It's scorched earth up there. So, <laughs> so the second thing, and, and my response to them was, well, first of all, thank you very much. I'm humbled by that. But the second response is, why are we whispering? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, isn't it okay to say I'm Christian, I'm Jewish, I'm Muslim? Uh, th- this this whole experiment in democracy was founded by people who were religiously persecuted and so therefore tolerant, right? So why... I'm not a big fan of the word tolerant. I have no idea why I just used it. But anyway, um, why do we have to whisper? And once once they knew it was okay to talk to me about it, being a Christian, they then began to say things like, please help me integrate my faith into my work. Yeah. How, oh, yeah. how do these five core practices fit my faith? And so that's where Faith Positive in a Negative World came. And that book also hit number one. And that's where we... We really are seeing a movement develop across the country, and and I'm going to say even internationally, because through LinkedIn, we have almost as many people internationally that live in India and the Middle East and China uh, conversing with us about what it means to work faith positive as we do nationally. And that just, uh, that's hard for me to fathom. That's awesome. Yeah, fact, I, want, our, I, want to, I want to do something here. I want to take two steps yeah. back because I, I, want to, I want to tee this up for you. I want to talk about work positive and faith positive. And you've just, I've learned more in the last few minutes here about how all this evolved than I knew before. And you and I have talked, gosh, numerous times. Yeah, but, we have. But this is, well, this is intriguing to me. But I want to, I want to take three steps back. And, mm-hmm. and I, I want to just lay this out because one of the things that I have been disturbed by, troubled by, concerned about, uh, really for the last couple of years, but especially this year, is our our culture, our environments, and I'm talking about emotionally speaking and spiritually speaking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and I don't want to get into a discussion on politics, but the political <laughs> activity that we're involved in in 2016, all mm-hmm. of these things have produced such a toxic, negative, pessimistic, fear-filled type of a deal. And uh, I was just sharing with my mastermind group yesterday, uh, yesterday as, as it, when we're recording this, that uh, I, I really am going to, in, in the month of uh, coming up here in the next month, I'm going to take a minimum of 30 days and just divorce myself from all media inputs. Mm. Not because I don't want to be informed. I believe in being informed. But because it is just, I, I literally can feel myself mm. being angry and, and agitated and, and skeptical mm-hmm. and, and all, all mm-hmm. those things that we describe. And so that's the negative world that you're talking about. And I, I, yes. I know we can talk about faith positive. We talk about work positive and, and, and what have you. And I want to do that. But let's lay this backdrop as to why this message is so important. Talk about what you're seeing in the marketplace and in our world as it relates to the the scope of negativity we're dealing with? Well, the scope, the depth, the breadth are only increasing, Brian. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I'm convinced they only will. Um, I'd love to tell you that it'll be different. Here, here's what happens. Um, <laughs> okay, I was in radio broadcasting for a time. I was actually a news editor on a radio station for a while, news director on a radio station for a while. Uh, my uh, One thing I didn't mention was when I went to work for that radio station, I had the number one show, country music show. Well, the number one show of any kind in Eastern, all of Eastern North Carolina. Um, I also was writing for the local newspaper. Okay, it was all local news, so it was all good. Um, what has happened is, and I'm not going to stay on my soapbox. I'm just going to give you the briefs of facts here. What's happened is the 24-7 news cycle has caused the mantra, if it bleeds, it leads, right. to oh, move yeah. to the oh, yeah. forefront. And so if you'll notice, in any, and most of us consume, um, well, not as many consume news through television, 
Uh, and I'm going to talk in just a second about different types of media. Uh, but if, if it bleeds, it leads means that the bloodiest stories lead off. And so if you will, on television, for instance, at 7 o'clock or 6.30 or whenever the national newscast come on, um, if you flip through all three, you'll find the same lead story. And it's the bloodiest story. It's the worst thing that ever happened. Well, what happens with the 24-7 news cycle is it's that repetition of bloodiness that just uh, con- we, we continue to mire down in it, but we soak in it. Yeah. And then you go to sleep with it. Yep. And so you see all these articles about it. In fact, I even wrote for one of our blogs. We got three blogs, so don't ask me which one it was. Um, but something about how to sleep well. I mean, there are all these things concerning sleep hygiene and sleep habits. Well, it's because we're ODing literally on negativity and we're bringing it right into our living rooms. Now, I'm old enough, maybe you are too, to remember when the, that the Vietnam War was actually the first war that came into our living rooms, right? Yes, yes. Maybe, maybe that wasn't a war at all. It was a conflict, right? But whatever. Um, Vietnam was the first one to enter our homes. And since then, we've been importing negativity all the time. But look, let's say you live in Dallas. And let's say that on the off chance nobody gets shot, um, politicians not convicted of corruption, you know, something goes on. Let's say it's a nirvana kind of day in Dallas. What are the stations going to lead with? Don't you worry now. They're going to go from Dallas to Chicago or Atlanta or D.C. Somebody shot somebody, and they're going to import the news from around the world right into your home then if you happen to live in the garden spot where nothing negative happened. So what we do is, as a part of what we call the perceived core practice of a positive lifestyle, uh, and that's the first core practice, your positive lifestyle starts and stops in your head, Brian. Yep. Yes, yes. And most of us are just a wash. We, we let stuff come into our minds and allow things to enter our heads that we really have no business doing. And so we depend on the world to set the pace for us mentally. And that's about the worst thing you can do for yourself mentally. What you can do is to put a border guard up around your thoughts. And what do I mean by that? That means some thoughts get through and other thoughts don't. One of the things we do in our coaching programs is teach what is pretty common strategy, uh, replacement thoughts. Yeah. Because what you resist persists. So if I say I'm not going to think negative, then, of course, I focus on negative, right? But if there are replacement thoughts before I chase Alice down the rabbit hole, you know, get into the darkness of depression and the negativity of the world, I have certain go-to replacement thoughts. Now, for me as a Christian business professional, I use a lot of scripture in that way. Yep, I, yep. I just have scripture that helps pull me out. But there are other, if, if you're not a Christian, I'm sure if you're Jewish or Muslim or something, your holy books have positive statements that remind you you're not alone, you don't have to go there. So also another strategy, and, and there's so many strategies in the perceived core practice, I don't want to spend all our time talking about them, but the, but the other one I encourage you to do is consider the difference between what we refer to as push and pull media. Push media is radio, television, things like that, that literally you give up your editorial license to L.A. or New York and whoever is designing that newscast. And so they push on you, A, the choice of their stories and be their version of the stories. Right. And, and you really need to understand that everyone has a subjective view of, of, of a news. Four people standing on four corners of an intersection, an accident happens in the intersection. You get at least four different stories, maybe five, depending on who's standing there. Right. That's right. Well, well, the push media is something we encourage you to switch from, and we call it the great media switch. The great media switch involves moving from push to pull media. Now, what's pull media? Pull media is when I choose the story, I choose how much of the story and I uh, to expose myself to, and I choose how to consume it, either reading it or watching it through a video or listening to it on a podcast. So, for instance, I think smartphones and tablets uh, are an incredible way. Technology just makes it possible for us to consume news, but for us to remain in the driver's seat of whose viewpoints we want to read, do we want to read or watch, or do we want to listen? And I can turn it off when I want to. I can flip it forward. I can manage it. So I become my own news director at that point in time. Now, does that create a rather myopic viewpoint? Of course, but you're taking on somebody else's myopic viewpoint anyway. So it's up to you to decide, do I just read Fox News or listen to Fox News, or do I also read and listen to videos on HuffPost? You know, I, I mean, expose yourself however you choose, but you're back in the driver's seat of editorial license, which means, Brian, you control how much negativity you expose yourself to. 
Does that make sense? Man, totally. And and it's, you know, in a right and healthy way, it is taking control of one's thought life by managing the inputs you choose. Yes, yes. And which means you also manage the outcomes because the inputs determine the outcomes. That's right. And, and the push example you gave a moment ago is to essentially uh, – subject yourself over to the the whims and the agendas of whomever you're consuming because you have just openly said i'll, I'll just take in whatever versus oh, a- your pull you- your, your pull technology there is to be selective and be intentional about what you allow in yes and please remember those news editors news directors are in business to monetize negativity oh say that again <laughs> Gosh, news, that's, news directors and news editors are in business to monetize negativity. Gosh, that's huge. And you, you absolutely have to understand they do not care about your mental state. They don't care about how much success you achieve. They don't care how positive you are. They don't care about the results. They don't care how happy you are in your relationship with your spouse, your family, your parents. They really don't care. They care about one thing, and that is ratings. And those ratings determine how much they can charge for commercials. Ugh. That's all they care about. So they're in business to monetize negativity. My gosh, that's huge. Wow. Okay, so that's that's a backdrop. And we could talk about negativity and the, the state of things in the world for the next four hours. So yeah, let's circle. It really speaks for itself. Like it, I said, it does. I've never had anybody say to me, really, you think the world's negative? <laughs> but you, you know what? You know what really grieves me to to use uh i guess that that term is that what you just said a moment ago it's how can i put this it's sad to know that the powers that be are being very intentional about spreading and perpetuating negativity in other words we they're not there to inform us. Mm-mm. They're there to drive mm-hmm. a system at our oh, yeah. expense, basically. Yeah, it, oh, yeah, it's a fear-mongering system because what it does is it captures you yeah. and holds you captive. It really does. And so if, but, if, we're, going to, if we're going to escape, uh, mm-hmm. we're not going to escape this planet, at least not right now, uh, today possibly, <laughs> yeah. but but at the same time, if we're going Have you to seen es- the movie Mars, <laughs> I know, right? But if we're going to escape the the intentional agenda to perpetuate negativity and to consume our minds with that, we're going to yep. have to be as intentional and as strategic about positive inputs as yes. they are perpetuating the negative stuff. Oh, absolutely. And look, we've got all the power. Don't you think for a second they have any power at all? The only power they have is the power we give them. Right, right. And we give them our power by watching. That's great. And technology makes it so we don't have to watch. And people are opting out of traditional media left and right, pun intended. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and are adopting technology-driven, what I refer to as a pull media. Yeah, that's great, man. And, and we have all the power, so you choose. You're exactly right. You choose. What I discover is people have forgotten. We have a choice. Yeah. The, the lemmings, you don't have to join the lemmings jumping off the cliff. Yeah. You, know, you, you can be different, do different, choose to work positive in this negative world. It just takes, as you m- mentioned a moment ago, a little strategy and a few tactics. Like, uh, you'll be amazed in 30 days. You told your mastermind group you're not going to consume anything like that. You'll be amazed at the difference. I, I simply can't remember the last time I watched a single newscast on television. I can't really? remember. that. That's how long it's been. Yeah. Been years. I mean, Brian, I'm going to say a decade easily. Oh, my goodness. That's, I just, that's crazy. I just don't do it. But now I got my handy-dandy phone here. Did you hear we have an election coming up this year? <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. People assume I'm a Luddite or something because I don't watch this, uh, these television. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. I've got the Fox News app. I've got... Um, yeah, you're selective. Got? You've USA got podcasts. Today. You listen to my podcast. I listen, I've got the Strategic Leader podcast. I, I, I consume all sorts of information, but I choose. Yeah. If I'm reading an article about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and a poll about who, who they think is going to win... 
if I read the first paragraph, okay, that's probably about all I want. Yeah, exactly. So see, I can tell you who's running. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like the most successful diets or weight loss programs in the world are about portion control, and so you you yep. have to be selective about what you eat, and you have to be selective about how much of it you eat. Which, which you determine on, on the live positive side of our business. We we're currently in beta testing around weight management, and lifestyle management, but um, just step your plate down mm-hmm. instead of using the full dinner plate, use the half size dinner plate. Yeah. Yeah. It's that easy. The goldfish grows to the size of the bowl. I mean, that that's kind of the way it works. Well, so, yeah, te- technology makes it possible for us to determine. And so I determine, I determine Brian, uh, what thoughts I allow to enter my mind. I also determine, and this is a second core practice in a positive lifestyle. I also determine the people that I choose to be in relationships with. Yeah. That's a big one too. Let's talk. Let's talk about this live positive. So, so to we live our lives in compartments, so to speak. And you know, you've you've obviously seen coaching the wheel of life and the various. uh, You know, you've got family, you've got your finances, Mm. you've got your career, you've got your relationships, and so on and so forth. Uh, Living positive or living period, living life, doing life is about succeeding in, in all of those areas, really. So as you talk about live positive in a negative world, uh, I expect that that's going to impact my f- my faith positive. Mm-hmm. It's going to impact my work positive. Mm-hmm. It's yep. going to impact my health positive. And, and, and gosh, you could Absolutely. just extrapolate this out to all kinds of ends. But the mm-hmm. point is, is that uh, you've written a book called Faith Positive. You've written a book called Work Positive, and you're working with now the concept of li- live positive. Mm-hmm. I want. I want to ask you this: those five core practices that you have. Uh, first of all, I need to let you list those. Won't you do that okay. now? List those for us, and then I want to ask the follow-up question: How do those five core practices, uh, you know, sort of bleed over into or apply when you talk about living positive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and re- and I so appreciate you use the word compartmentalize. Um, we like to think we can compartmentalize and, and it helps us just from a nomenclature standpoint to be able to talk about your physical health, your mental health mm-hmm. and social health and things like that. But actually we walk around as integrated people. That's right. Um, you know, we're, we're all one. So when you consider that the average American spends 70% of his or her waking hours at work, mm. Do you think that work has an influence on home? It's, as Donald Trump would say, huge. <laughs> In a New York City huge. kind of way. Or I, I think of Texas, though, when I think of huge. Though, Absolutely. Every, everything's bigger every time I go to Texas. You better believe bigger. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it really is huge. Now, an interesting dynamic is, and I, I read studies all the time, as I'm sure you do, uh, I particularly enjoy reading the annual surveys of American workers Mm. and how satisfied they are on the job. The numbers vary a little bit, somewhere from two-thirds to three-fourths, though. That that seems to be a sweet spot. If the economy's good, two-thirds. If the economy's not so good, three-fourths. Of American workers say they are somewhere between dissatisfied and very dissatisfied on the job. Now, Brian, think about that for a second. Two out of the three people you drive by every day on your commute, three out of four are dissatisfied, very dissatisfied with their job. Let's say they're unhappy. Like, they're they're, uh, they're yeah, miserable, totally. probably. Miserable. I, they, they literally are miserable. And they're spending 70% of their waking hours miserable. Gosh. So go figure. You know, uh, is there is there... Any reason why there's crime? Is there any reason why it, it's just a basic disconnect between being and work? Wow. And when, when we get that piece right, and we can begin to look at work not as dissatisfaction, but when we can discover an alignment between our personal core values and the corporate core values, when we can discover our priorities, in other words, what's important to me in my life and how does that take on expression at work? 
And then when I can discover my unique contribution on, on the faith positive side, we refer to it as your divine design. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's seven, over 7 billion people here. Nobody's exactly like Brian. Why is that? What, why is Brian here? What is he to do? And when you begin to see your work as, from a faith perspective, co-creating with God, because that's what Adam was put in the garden to do, right? Right. Was to, even though it was paradise, he still had some jobs to do, right? And so his work, and the interesting thing is the word used for work there in Genesis, um, first and second chapter, is uh, the same word that's used later in the Old Testament for worship. Yep, yep. So it's work and worship together, so our work with God brings glory to God and therefore is worship. So what's happened is there's this basic disconnect between our spirituality and the rest of us. Mm. And we've allowed the world's negativity to drive that wedge there in between who we are and change us from human beings into human doings. Okay. So then your ethical, as Steve Covey used to talk about, your due north moves because you'll do whatever it takes to try to augment right the human doing as much as possible to the detriment of the human being so the five core practices really address that disconnect now i answered the second question first i hope that was okay that's perfect (laughs) uh the the first question is these five core practices and i'll give them to you quickly the first one i've already mentioned perceive is the mental dynamic of a positive lifestyle and I refer to that as focus on the positive and filter out the negative. Okay. It's a matter of focus, Brian. You focus on the positive. It's not that negative doesn't exist, so it's not some kind of Zen Buddhist sort of thing where, you know, or Hindu that evil's not present. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we see it every day. Right? Okay. So I focus on the positive, filter out the negative. The second core practice is the conceive core practice. And that's the social dynamic of a positive lifestyle. This has to do with your relationships. So you want to focus on positive people. And filter out the negative people whom I enjoy calling Eeyore vampires. And I, I could talk more about how to deal with Eeyore vampires without becoming one yourself if you'd like. So you perceive it mentally. You conceive it socially. Thirdly, you believe it emotionally. And what happens right here is you get engaged with life and work in such a way that you find purpose and meaning and that elusive satisfaction. So you move the needle from belonging to the majority two-thirds to three-fourths who are dissatisfied, and move over to the satisfied. You discover those things I was talking about earlier, your core values, priorities, and your unique contribution, and you go do that every day. And it creates a, a, an emotional sense of well-being because you're satisfied, and that makes you not just a better business owner or worker. It makes you a better husband or wife. It makes you a better father or mother. It makes you a better son or daughter. Life just gets a lot better when you're emotionally engaged in a positive way, when you believe. And, yeah. and there we're not talking about, please don't think doctrine. Right. Just think an emotional engagement with, with life. All yeah. right? So I, I, that's the believe emotionally. I conceive socially. I perceive mentally. The fourth core practice of a positive lifestyle is I achieve physically. And what we discovered here was that these Great Depression gurus, as I like to refer to them as, created these thriving, sustaining businesses, even around today from the Great Depression, the worst economic time in our nation's history, well, really the world's history. They did things differently. They didn't do what everybody else did. There were strategic activities, and that's the name of the podcast, right? Strategic leader. But even beyond the strategy, there were tactics, They found that action was the key. And intention, while it's important, which grows out of your belief core practice, intention is the road to nowhere unless you act on it. So we found the achievement prescription, and we teach people how to act strategically and tactically in ways that bring about the results they say they want. And they're ready to act because they believe, conceive, and perceive. They're focusing on positive mental you know, they got the positive thoughts going, the good thoughts going. They're focusing, spending their time investing themselves in positive people. They're engaged emotionally. So the only thing left to do is to act, right? So you achieve it physically. So after you perceive it mentally, conceive it socially, believe it emotionally, and achieve it physically, the fifth thing you do is you receive it ethically. Now, I thought after achieve, you know, you got your results, Brian. What yeah, else you're done, is there? right? <laughs> That's it, man. You knocked the ball out of the park. 
I got to do is walk the bases. Nah. The, the thing I discovered was that the most successful people, by social definitions anyway, but particularly these Great Depression gurus, were some of the most philanthropic people you ever met in your life. And it wasn't just because they had a lot of money to give. They gave when they were broke. Okay. They invested in others. Uh, they served others. They came to serve. They, I refer to it as squeezing yourself dry to give to others. Their businesses became opportunities to provide jobs for other people, which brought hope to families, you know, that life could be better. So there's just this hole in the receive core practice in our coaching programs. We, we have a template. You use it with your team. You go through the template and you, you choose the nonprofit or the ministry that you want to help in your community. And then you choose the times that you're going to do it. And you go give to others because those customers and clients are keeping the lights on in your business, buddy. And, and the day you forget that and think it's about you, you've forgotten how to receive because you ultimately you do reap what you sow and what goes around does come around. So those are the five core practices. That's awesome. Gosh. I wish we had a lot more time. I wish we could. In fact, we, uh, we're going to follow this. We're going to talk about the vampires in another interview. How about that? Because I am okay, a the, big the ER vampires, yeah. <laughs> huge believer that relationships really do matter. And uh, oh, Jim Rohn, of course, said years yeah. ago, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I'm telling sure. you, I've learned in the last few years in, in my most recent life transition that not everybody is designed to or should be going with you to the next level and uh it's yeah yeah you outgrow it you really do yeah you do Mm -hmm. man i tell you what uh i I want you to just share with us first of all how can our audience the people that listen to us and follow us how can they connect with you tell us about your your home-based website about your your programs certainly uh, by the way i i'm going to put links in our show notes to both books work positive in a negative world and faith positive in a negative world uh, it, you just need to get your hands. These books are phenomenal. And if you are resonating with what you're hearing today on the program, hearing Dr. Joey Fawcett speak, you need to get your hands on these books and connect with him on his podcast, his website, and his coaching programs. Because uh, I, I can tell you with much assurance, uh, this man is the real deal. And uh, I'm so just delighted to be associated with you in any way, man. man you're so how, so how do nice. we find you? How do we find you? Uh, well, there, there are numerous ways. The website is getpositive.today. And yes, dot .today is the extension like .com, .org. It's mm-hmm. getpositive.today, which I love the title. For that's that. awesome. I was, I was so excited when I came out with that. Um, Dr. Joey, that's D-R-J-O-E-Y at getpositive.today. LinkedIn, uh, we actually have a faith positive group on LinkedIn. So if you're a Christian business professional, you're more than happy to join that with us. Join that conversation. Uh, you can find us on iTunes with Faith Positive Radio if you want to listen to that. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn as well, uh, Dr. Joey Fawcett. We, you probably can't get to me on my personal account on Facebook because we we're capped at the number of people you can have there. But um, we've got a work positive in a negative world page. We've got a faith positive and negative world page. There's also a listen to life page. Um, that's really the, the precursor to live positive. We just haven't made that transition yet. And by the way, all of our blogs show up in all those places. Um, so do the podcast. So you can just on Facebook, everybody's on Facebook anyway, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. You can find us there. And if you enjoy Twitter at Dr. Joey, you can follow us on Twitter. And if you want to talk to somebody, uh, which we we still answer the phone around here, you might have to leave us a voicemail, but we we do still answer the phone. Uh, it's one eight seven seven four Doctor Joey. That's one eight seven seven the number four and the D R J O E Y. So, is that cool, man? Did I leave anything out? No, I think you're great. You of course you you can always call Brian and ask <laughs> Brian how to get up with we, me. We don't right? answer we don't answer we, the phone. We, yeah, well, email <laughs> Brian, right? Because we talk at least once a month. Right? Let, let me tell you what, uh, you coming into my life at the time that you did has been one of the richest blessings. Uh, I, I am truly, and I mean this with all sincerity, I'm so grateful uh, to God for allowing our paths to cross. And uh, gosh, Dr. Joy and I are both convinced that there's something more happening here 
and uh, mm-hmm. just more and more, I want to put you in front of our audience and, 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 and collaborate and just because our hearts are so pointed in the same direction. So I'm so thrilled, man. I'm, I'm honored you take time out of your busy schedule to be on the Strategic Leader Podcast. Before I let you go, I have one more question for you. And it's and you can take it any direction you want to go, but I like asking my guests. <laughs> That's well, a lot of leverage. <laughs> I know, and I because I know how how little you like to talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's been a long time since somebody asked me to talk about myself. I know, know, right? Can I still do that? Because usually that's the question I pose. Listen, <laughs> so thanks for listening. Yeah, you and if bet. anybody's still listening to this podcast after all that, thank you for hanging in there with us. That's right. What we we're all about developing leaders here. I I really do believe there's not a problem anywhere in our world that can't be solved with with godly, authentic, principle centered leadership. Absolutely. As a leader, and you are one. Uh, as mm. a leader, what is the one principle that has really impacted you in your process of growing into the leader that God made you to be? What's a, what's a principle that's really stuck with you and kind of guided you through th- these years? Well, I'm going to have to give credit where credit's due here. Uh, Rick Warren wrote a book some years ago called The Purpose Driven Life. Yep. And regardless of what you think of that book, um, I found it to be very stimulating. But regardless of what you think of it, the the first sentence in that book is one that is really a mantra between me and my partners. And we call each other on it anytime we think <laughs> you know, we're, we're violating it. Um, and that is, it's not about you. Wow. And, and the day I got that, um, Brian, um, uh, was one of the best days of my life, uh, because I, it, it just took such a burden off me and yeah. set me free, man. Because, and maybe it's just males or maybe it's males more than females. And I raised two daughters, so I've, I've seen it in both genders, but, um, man, it's so easy to think it's all about me and what's going to benefit me and what's in it for me. You know, the Wiffum question, yep. uh, that just drives so many of us and it, and it drove me for a long time. And the real challenge for guys like you and then not as much for me, but the challenge for these highly gifted, highly motivated, driven people is that we start reading our own press clippings and yeah. believing them. Yeah. And and that's a pretty heady wine that needs to be sipped rather than gulped. Yeah. So for me, that's that's the one principle. And of course, now we can talk about Robert Greenleaf and servant leadership and things like that. But right. it's it's if I had to boil it down to one sentence, it's not about me. That's beautiful. Dr. Joey we're honored. Thank you. And I promise you, uh, this is the first time, but it will not be the last. In fact, we might just have to have a regular segment with you. Uh, <laughs> that, that might just be like a regular thing, you know? So I, I we're going to have you back and we're going to have you back soon. I want to talk about the vampires. So, all right. The evil vampires. Yeah. Well, l- let me just thank your audience for listening and thank you for the invitation. I was so humbled and I didn't even think I just immediately responded. Yes, because I would fly to the moon and back for you. I just wow. think that highly of you. Um, and, I and I love your principal centered leadership. I love the way you, you are who you are. Man, the thing that blew me away the very first time we talked, and I've told you this before, is your authenticity. You're the real deal, and that's rare today. And so I'm sure that's why you, the listeners, are checking out this podcast, because Brian's the real deal. Uh, So thank you, man. I'm honored, and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Almost. (laughs) <laughs> well i appreciate say texas barbecue is better than eastern north carolina barbecue i can promise you that though i i appreciate your kind words and i will discuss the other ones later <laughs> hey i love you man god bless you brother we love you man thank you absolutely unbelievable i am so blown away by this interview man Dr. Joey Fawcett, thanks for being on. You want to find out more about Joey Fawcett, just a quick reminder here, getpositive.today. Getpositive.today. That's his website. And I will have links in the show notes for both of his books, Faith Positive in a Negative World and Work Positive in a Negative World. Check him out. I want to remind you that we are in the process right now of taking applications for our Strategic Influencers 
Mastermind Group. Uh, this is a very powerful uh, tool that you can have in your arsenal to help you take your life, your leadership, your business, your ministry to a completely different level. I, I've shared with you on previous episodes and in some of my testimonies myself that the mastermind has fundamentally changed my life because it's allowed me to have really to be surrounded by great leaders from various walks of life, various levels of experience, various perspectives, and they are able to help me refine and shape and and formulate my steps, my future, my business ideas, my ministry endeavors. This is the power of being a part of such a group. I, I'm not sure where you are right now in your life. I don't know what's happening with respect to your forward movement or your forward progress. But if you're looking for a key that unlocks a wealth, a treasure trove of resources and friends and fine-tuning and ideas and collaboration, you will find no greater outlet than a mastermind group. This group that we're forming and launching in the coming weeks is going to be like no other. We are gathering high-level, highly achieved, high-performing leaders that will come alongside of you and help you just like you will help them to become more of what God has created you to be and to accomplish more of what your God-given destiny is while you're here on the planet. I hope you'll take time to find out more about this. You can go to brianholmes.com forward slash mastermind to find out how you can be a part of that. Well, the show notes for this episode can be found at brianholmes.com forward slash 155, brianholmes.com forward slash 155. And of course, we invite you to join our community here at brianholmes.com. Of course, all the links regarding this episode will be at 155. But generally speaking on brianholmes.com, we offer every week resources to empower you, resources to equip you, resources to encourage you in the form of Monday Mastery, which is our video series we do every week just to encourage you, to pour into you, to help you to become a greater, more influential leader. That's there every Monday. Every Tuesday, we have a quote or some type of article we share with you. Every Wednesday, a blog post. Every Thursday, of course, is this podcast. And we just want you to plug in to this as a resource. We want to be a coach, a mentor, a friend that's really helping you along in your journey. If you've not yet subscribed to the website, please do so at brianholmes.com. We're offering still the four cornerstones for strategic living online course as a free gift to anyone who would subscribe to our website. We'd love to have you be a part of the community. I want to ask you a favor. If this interview with Dr. Joey impacted you, I'm quite certain it will impact someone else that you know. I encourage you and invite you to share this episode with someone that you love and care about on Facebook, on Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, wherever it is you hang out, just tweet this out. Get it out there. Let someone know they need to listen to this episode that we have shared today on living positive in a negative world. A couple of closing thoughts. My gosh, so many things that Dr. Joey shared. Here's what I know. We can't change the negativity around us, but we can change how we let it impact us. I want to challenge you. Turn off the TV. Turn off the radio. Do whatever you need to do to be selective, to be intentional about what you allow into your spirit, into your mind, into your heart. Are you toxic? Are you angry? Are you agitated? Are you being productive? Are you motivated? Or as Dr. Joey said, are these things sucking the life out of you? I want to encourage you. Yes, it's a negative world, but you can live positive. You can be faith positive. You can work positive. You really can make a difference. And I encourage you to do just that.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Strategic Leader Podcast. We trust that this program has added value to your life and to the development of your leadership potential. You can join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com and by sharing this podcast with others who are seeking to take their life and leadership to the next level. May God bless you immensely. And until next time, remember this, you are created to lead.